You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. Good morning. Good morning. You ever notice how people open the communion, the, the juice, like you're opening a Taco Villa hot sauce packet? Y'all know what I'm talking about because you're laughing. Because you never know if it's going to just squirt all over you. I open my communion home, it's like, because I'm expecting it to, only a West Texas thing, I guess. If you're not from West Texas, you wouldn't understand. So in order to understand, I declare that you have to go today and get the Lord's Supper at Taco Villa. Combination burrito, a bean and cheese burrito, and finish it with a taco burger with no tomato, because tomatoes are not from heaven. Amen. Like, what is going on at church today? Now, I'm excited about just being here with you. Uh, my name is Cody Sykes. I'm the campus pastor of Renew Life Church in Midland. We have another campus. If you're new, we have another campus in Lubbock. And uh, Keith Knoll is, uh, was here, is now there. And, uh, that campus is, is, is really going really well, and it's, it's been a lot of fun. So I'm just uh, super, super honored just to get to share. Anytime I get to share the word, it's, it's, uh, it's just an high, it's a high honor, and so... Um, I just pray that today uh, you're blessed. Um, I'm excited just to share this message today. We're going to talk about the tithe. And you're like, oh my gosh, you're going to talk about the T word at church. This, this word, this tithe, this thing is maybe next to speaking in tongues, the, one of the most uh, popular reasons for people to not be in church today. <laughs> The misunderstanding of the tithe and the misunderstanding of speaking in tongues is two of the hottest reasons for people to not be in church today. You probably know some of those people. I know some of those people. We're not going to talk about them because we're going to pray that next week maybe they might be sitting next to you. But I believe that as today we jump into the scripture, you're going to see some pictures that are painted in the scriptures that will give us a different understanding of the tithe and a different understanding of this question that is connected to it that's probably asked the most, and that question is why. Why should I tithe? So we're going to dive into some, some scripture today, and I'm just believing that you're going to get a revelation as well. So would you turn with me in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 13? It's going to be on the big screen uh, behind me if you don't have your Bible. I'd encourage you to start bringing your Bible so you get used to where things are in your Bible. It's highly important. We're going to start in verse 1. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all of the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast. It is mine. I'm going to jump to verse 11. And it shall be, when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to to you and your fathers and gives it to you, that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, that is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The animal shall be the Lord's, but every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb, and if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. I'm like, geez, what is happening, Lord? All I did was just get born as a donkey. It's not his fault. Sorry. And all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. So it shall be, 
when your sons ask you in a time to come, saying, what is this that you shall say to him? By strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass, when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both firstborn of man and firstborn of beast. So he's talking about the Passover. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. And it shall be as a sign on your head and as frontlets between your eyes by the strength of the hand of the Lord brought us out of Egypt. So today I want to title this message if you're taking notes or if you're not taking notes. First things first. First things first. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you that in the next few moments as we just dive deeper into your word that you would reveal yourself to us. I pray that you would reveal your heart to us. I pray that you would show us your character. You would show us your nature. I pray that you would show us your redemption through your word. I thank you that your spirit is in this room, the spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit is in this room where two or more are gathered. Your word says that you would be with us in the midst. And so I thank you that you would be, you would be the one that communicates. You would tie up loose ends for us. I give you my mind, my mouth, all that I am is yours, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that these that are sitting here listening would open their ears and open their hearts to receive something from you that might change their life forever because that is the power of your word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have you ever tried to build something or put something together that came with instructions? Yeah. How many of you are in the room and you get the instructions and you just throw the instructions away? You're like, you know what, I'm just going to wing it. I'm going to feel my way through it. Yeah, I'm kind of one of those people sometimes. Have you ever, you ever seen those wooden giant swing sets? Yeah, everybody's like, mm-hmm, had, my, had my, my turn with that thing. So we got one of these once. The issue with these wooden swing sets is that the only thing that they don't put in the box when they ship it is Bob Vila, because he's the only one that can put it together correctly. Some of the young people are like, who is Bob Vila? Just think Bob the Builder, but in human form. So the thing about this swing set when I, my kids got one is the first thing that you see when you open the box is hundreds of pieces. It's like it takes a spiritual gift to put that many things in that box. It can't be done twice. I'm sure of it. When I see a lot of, a lot of pieces in a box like this and, and when I open this thing up, my, my first reaction is, oh my gosh, that means that there's going to be a lot of steps in order to put this thing together. And so what I should do is just actually turn this pile of wood into a bonfire because I don't want to mess with it. <laughs> the thing about instructions is there's a first step. The first step is crucial and the first step is important because if you don't do the first step and you don't do the first step correctly, it could come back to bite you in the end. This is the story of my experience in putting together a wooden swing set for my kids. It seemed that my, my parents and my father-in-law, they bought us one, but the only thing that they didn't put in the box was someone to put it together, and so it was on me. Now, I'm decently handy-ish. I build PBJs and things like that all the time, so I could handle this swing set. It's not a big deal. Some of the dads like, you build PBJs too? Man, we are brothers. 
Yes, I build PBJs, I build cups of coffee, I build things. I could handle this swing set, right? We are, we are builders at our house. It's really simple. I'm even teaching my son. You get the spoon and you get the jelly and then you build the sandwich. He's, build, he's building now already and he's only 10. It's incredible. We are builders in our home. So this time I'm like, all right, here's the deal. I am not, not going to do what I would normally do and just wing it. And look at the picture on the box. The colored picture, because the colored picture, it gives so much more detail than the, the black and white picture. I gotta look at the colored picture if I'm throwing instructions away. But I'm not gonna do that this time. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go detail by detail, step by step, because I don't wanna mess this up and I don't wanna be here all day, but I still was. With a headlamp in the dark, trying to finish it, because when I start something, I have to finish it. It drives me crazy. It would do me no good to, to go back the next morning and finish it. So I had to stay up till 2 a.m. to finish it. So I did the first step, but the issue was that I missed one tiny detail. That detail didn't show up until four steps later. So then I had to go back and undo all that I did so that I could do what I didn't do so that I could then redo everything that I had done once again. And at that point, I was strongly considering a bonfire. I would say that I prevailed, I finished it, the kid swung on it, it didn't fall apart, and I only had like a handful of what I would call just-in-case pieces. They were just in case you needed them. We didn't need them, so we just threw them away, and everything was fine. There's something about first. There's something about first uh, steps in a process. There's something that is important about doing the first thing, but doing the first thing correctly. First things have to be first, but they have to be first, and they have to be done the right way. In our text this morning, in Exodus 13, God implements what some would say the principle of firsts, giving the first, giving the best to God. I'll reread a portion of what we read. It said that in verse 12, that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, that is, every firstborn that comes from an animal, which you have, the male shall be the Lord's, but every firstborn of the donkey you shall redeem with a lamb, and if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck, and all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. Verse one, he said, set them apart because they are mine. Now I'm gonna explain this because I know that this is a little bit of an interesting way to talk about the tithe. But he said this, he said, the firstborn of the animals you shall sacrifice or you shall redeem. You have donkeys and you have a lamb. The donkey represents the unclean animal. The lamb throughout scripture represents the clean animal. So he says, if you have a lamb, the first one, you sacrifice it to me and when you have your first donkey, you either have to sacrifice a lamb in its place, or you have to break that donkey's neck. So you either redeem it, or you don't. So the first, the first one is the redeeming one that redeems the rest. The first redeems the rest. The first redeems the rest. I'm gonna say it one more time. The first redeems the rest. 
there's such a, a similarity and a parallel in what I just explained about the lamb and the donkey and the lamb who is Jesus and the ass that is us. Just making sure you are awake. You have unclean, you have clean. You have the lamb, you have us. There's something very powerful that happened when Jesus was sacrificed, when we were caught in sin and when we were tied up in sin. We were unworthy, we were unclean. And Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus, redeemed the rest. Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren, is what the word says. And that when Jesus laid his life down, he laid his life down in such a way that he redeemed those that would believe. The interesting thing about this is when Jesus was offered up on the cross, is that there's still this option that some of us are still toying with. There's this decision that some of us are still toying with, yet God saw past this and said, I'm going to do this anyways. And that decision was, and that, that potential risk was they might never receive the offering or the gift that redeems them, but I'm going to do it anyways. Because the first is the redeeming portion. There's something powerful about the first of the bunch. The first has the power to redeem. Notice that in the scripture, God didn't say, okay, here's what I want you to do. Wait until you got 10 or 12 lambs or 10 or 12 donkeys and, and you got yourself like a good little litter, you got some stuff stockpiled, you're doing a good job, your, your farm's on its way of growing, you're doing well in Farmville. Is that even a thing anymore? Good that it's not. You're, you're growing, your herd is growing. Okay, now that your herd is growing, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take whichever one you like or don't like, Whichever one's the ugliest, whichever one you feel you should give to me, I want you to bring that one to me and then I want you to sacrifice. It's not what God said. He said, the very, very, very first one, see, this takes faith. It takes faith to take the first and the best without knowing that anything else is coming and offer it to God. He's speaking about the tithe in all of the scripture. He's talking about the first redeeming the rest. We know that the tithe is known to be the first, the first 10% of all of our increase or the first 10% of our income, not the last. The way that this works, and, and when you think about this, this is the first 10% of all of your income. This is the very, very first portion. This is not after taxes have been taken out. This is not after Medicare, this is not after Social Security, this is not after everything has been pulled out and then you have this net amount. This is the first 10%, which is the gross amount. If I'm stepping on your toes, it's gonna be fine. The Lord is a healer. Have a relationship with him, he'll take care of it. <laughs> the tithe is known as the first 10% of all of your increase, all your income. Proverbs chapter three, verses nine and 10, it says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Exodus 23, 19, it says this, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. 
The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. So if I make $1,000 a month, if I make $1,000 a month and 10% of that is, is the tithe is meant to go into the house of God, that means that I bring $100 and that is my tithe. What you have to understand is this. If you have 10 $100 bills because you made $1,000 that month, the first one that you give redeems the other nine. Most of the time, the way that our brain works is I have 10 $100 bills. And I have this, I have this, I have this, I have this. I have all of these things to take care of. And I took care of all of them and I've got this many left. So now I'll, I'll bring one of those that are left to the Lord and I'll call it my tithe. But the scripture says you bring the first of the first. That means that the very, very first thing that you do with your 10 $100 bills is you bring it to the house of God. This is not giving, this is tithing. They are two different things. Notice that he said, you bring the first of the first fruits to the house of God. They are not yours because the scripture said that they are his. They are holy to the Lord is what it says in Leviticus. Your tithe, it is holy to the Lord. There is something powerful about that first 10%. I would propose to you that you're not, you're not a giver until you're first a tither. And what you also should understand that if, if you will honor the Lord in your finances, you'll honor the Lord with your possessions and you'll bring this 10%, this first and this best is what the scripture calls it. Look at this, you have a thousand dollars, right? And he says, I just want 100 of those, 100 of that thousand dollars. And you get to have nine, 900 of them, and your 900 has my blessing of redemption on every single dollar of it. Yet, our mindset sometimes goes to, that $100 is so big, I can't give that away. I can't, I can't possibly afford to bring 100 of my 10 $100 bills to God because what will happen with the rest? What will happen with the rest if you don't bring the first? You probably have experienced in your life. It's this place of not enough. It's this place of worry. It's this place of I have no clue what's gonna happen. But if you choose to honor the Lord with this one, this first 10%, there's something that happens when the redemption power of God comes on your finances. This is why he said what he said in Malachi chapter three, verse 10. He said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I want not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there's not room enough to receive it. Notice verse 11 and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, 
nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. The redemptive benefits are not only evident in what you can see in the blessing that is tangible because of your response to bringing the tithe, but the redemptive benefits of tithing cause the blessing to continue in ways that you don't see and that can't be explained. This is why you hear stories of people saying things like, shoot, it's the craziest thing, like the economy's crashing, oil is crashing, everybody that I know is folding up, their businesses are collapsing, but for some reason, we're still busy and I have more than enough. Or, I don't know if I'm gonna make it every single month, but I've been tithing, and for some crazy reason, my money continues to last past my bills, and I've said this for month after month after month, and it's the craziest thing ever. It's actually the redemptive power of that 10% getting on your 90%, and you actually having more than what you could have asked, think, hope, or even dream. You're stretching money further than it's possibly should be stretched because it's redeemed by your obedience in giving or returning your first 10%. This is the redemptive power of the tithe. The redemptive power of the tithe. The first redeems the rest. The first, it redeems the rest. Jesus redeemed the rest. The lamb redeemed the unclean. The first redeems the rest. I want that to ring in your ears when you're dreaming tonight. The first redeemed the rest. I want to close with this. If what I just explained isn't just enough reason for you to jump in to honoring the Lord with the first and the best, I want to read Exodus chapter 13, verse 14 through 16, just to give us a little more of a kick in the pants, so to speak. <laughs> this is what he said. So it shall be when your sons ask you in a time to come, saying, what is this that you shall say to them? By the strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go that the Lord killed the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, I sacrifice this is the reason, he says. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. And it shall be a sign on your hand and as frontals between your eyes, for by the strength of the Lord, the hand of the Lord, he brought us out of Egypt. To make this personal and to make this, and say this in plain English, when your child comes to you, And they ask you the question, Mommy or Daddy, why do, you, why, do you, why do you tithe so much money to the church? What is this about? You say, okay, pull up a chair. There was a moment in time when I was lost, I was broken, I was strung out, I was addicted, I was in a gutter, I had ruined my relationships, I was a liar, I was a thief, I was dirty, I wasn't always 
the mommy or the daddy that you see right now, and it's because Jesus took up a cross and he died for me so that I could have this relationship with God and I could be cleaned. I am redeemed because the first redeems the rest. And it's for that one reason that I'll extravagantly bring the tithe. I'll faithfully bring what is God's because it's only by him and it's only because of him that I stand in the place of being blessed or being redeemed by any stretch of the imagination. And that, honey, that is why. That's why the first is the best. And that's why it's so important that I take the first and I consecrate it. I separate it to the Lord because it is his and he is worth it. That's the answer. That is the explanation. See, because our children, they will one day have their own money. It's funny, my son, yesterday, he said, Dad, here's what I'm gonna do. We're, we invited a friend to church, so I'm gonna bring, I'm bring $15 to church. And he told me, I'm gonna bring $5 for me at the coffee shop, I'm gonna bring $5 from my friend at the coffee shop. I'm gonna give $1 to tithe, and then I'm gonna spend the rest of it on whoever else wants coffee. <laughs> I said, man, that's awesome. I said, but why, why just a dollar? He said, well, that's, that's the tithe, that's 10%. And he was like, I said, well, hold on a second. How much money did you start with? And he told me the number, and I'm like, well, actually, $1 is not 10%. That's less than 10% of what you started with. If you really want to tithe, this is how much money you should actually bring. And he goes, oh my gosh, I thought it was a dollar. <laughs> and so he's like, well, I'll bring that much then. And it's that simple to him. Our kids will either steward or they won't. You will either steward, are you ready for this one? Or you will steal. I will either steward or I will steal because in Malachi chapter three, that's what he's saying. Will a, will a man rob God? Oh no, heck no, surely we won't rob God. And he says, but you have robbed me in tithes and offerings. We either steward or we steal. I know this is a little bit stout. I know it's a little bit heavy. But what I want you to understand is this. Scripture talks about how where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And the Lord's like, if I can get your treasure, then I'll get the thing that I actually sent my son for. That's, that was your heart. You're like, well, God doesn't need my money. You're right. But he needs your heart. He wants your heart, and your heart is connected to your wallet. And he said, there's this principle of if you'll choose to honor me, redemption and blessing comes on the rest. Redemption and blessing comes on the rest because the first always redeems the rest. He is deserving of your first and he is deserving of your best. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. 
If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.